This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Bachelor Nation. Today, we have a very special guest. A woman who really needs no introduction. And you know what, Mike? This person is so special to me specifically. I don't know if she's special to you as well, but I couldn't help but want to bring her on for our hot takes because we all know she brings it strong. She is going to bring that tea hot in pipe. So, so without further ado, I want to bring on my love, my wife, Rachel Lindsay Abasolo. There we go. Babe, what's going on? How are you? I'm very good. I How are you guys? I was about to say, how are you? It sounds so weird. We're family. We are family. I got my husband. I got my big little brother here. I'm good, guys. I'm happy to be on Talking It Out. No, we're so happy to have you here on Talking It Out. This is uh, one for the books right here. This is an exclusive The Rachel Motherfucking Lizzie. <laughs> oh, okay. Here the solo. Let's go. Yes, had to. Had to. So here, here on Talking It Out, Big sis, we always love to do hot takes, right? And this week, you're the first person ever to come right into the hot takes with us. And so I'm going to throw it right over to my big bro, your husband, Brian. What do you have for us? All right. So this is a question that we came up with that we want to hear your opinion on. So the question is, would you have still gotten into a relationship with me if you found out that I had cheated on my ex-partner? Yeah, this is an easy one. Yeah, I would have. You could have cheated on every partner. Oh, and wow. I still would have gotten, I would have been in a relationship with you because I guess I, I would have, let me back up. Yes, I would still be with you, but I would definitely ask you about those relationships, why it happened. Was it a one-time thing? How did you cheat? You know, I would have interrogated you basically. It wouldn't have been as easy for me to say yes, but at the same time, I would have known that I'm different from your past relationships. You're in a completely different place. So we would talk it out. <laughs> you like that? Oh, I, I, see, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> there you go. Time out. Time, out. time out. Time out. But there is a saying that goes once a cheater, always a cheater. So would you that's, bypass that's, all that? That's too general for me. Like, I. Yeah, once a cheater, always a cheater. No. Yeah, because the circumstances can be so. Some people so believe that. Some people believe it. And honestly, for the listeners, you shouldn't because circumstances are different. People are are different in their 20s and they are in their 30s. There could be circumstances in a relationship where someone was treated a certain way or 
that person might have been treating them a different way. I'm not excusing cheating. I'm just saying that every relationship is different. That's why I would have to have a conversation as to why it ha- happened. How did you cheat? How many times? How did we get here? Like, if the answer was like, I don't know, you know, I she looked good, and I just, you know, I couldn't help myself. Well, then we got a problem. But I've been hoping that that's not the case. <laughs> Fair enough. What about you, Brian? Uh, for me, um, I agree with her. I would definitely ask questions for sure. Um, like, I would definitely want to know the circumstances. Like, was it a one-time mistake? Was it a a full-blown affair? Like, I would want to know where her head was at during that time. I mean, if you're going to invest your heart and your soul into a person, like, you definitely don't want to get played, right? So, hearing the, you know, you want to, for me, that would be a red flag initially, but I think I would want to hear their perspective. And if they give me all the answers that I need and they give me some level of comfort and reassurance, then I'd be cool moving forward. What about you, Mike? See, I want to, I want to say it would be a red flag uh, unless I found out in a precarious Ooh. situation. Like I found out in a, in, a, in a different type of way. Right. If I'm at, if I'm at my girl's, uh, her homie's house and like one of her girls says, Hey Mike, just so you know, Brittany used to cheat on everybody that would make it a red flag. But if, this person said, Brittany, I'm, let's say my girl's name, Brittany, right? If Brittany's like, hey, Mike, in my past, I've done this. It wouldn't be a red flag then because like she came to me with that information versus like, you know, when a homie's got to come to you about some information, I'm going to ask you about it. I'm going to question you. I'm going to interrogate you like Rachel would say. Yeah. Or if it was a situation where. Like if I'm like, Brian, we're going to go meet a couple of my friends. Oh, by the way, you know. I don't know. Like I cheated on my ex with that this guy who's in, you know what I mean. Like nah, those would be nah, yeah, those hell would be problems. That would be problematic. Smash the homies? No, no <laughs> yeah, danger. We, no, we ain't doing she that. smashed the homies. <laughs> yeah, you like the person you slept with is not in the circle no more. Like no, that is no, nah, uh-uh, can't do it. All right, so my hot take. I'm gonna I'm gonna start <laughs> with our special guest. <laughs> I'm gonna start with you, okay. Big Rich. All right, so. When you're in a monogamous relationship and one partner feels something is missing in the bedroom oh. and they've respectfully voiced their opinions abundantly yeah. clear multiple times in a respectful manner, right? As a recipient, what do you do if you're uncomfortable with going outside of your sexual Ooh. norms? Um, well, I gotta <laughs> really think about this. <laughs> That's what we I do. I mean, I guess you have to, gosh, now I really see why this podcast is called Talking It Out. I mean, I guess... If that person's going to be open and vulnerable with you with what they desire from you, I guess it's like every situation in a marriage, right? Or a relationship or what a partnership. There has to be give and take and there has to be sacrifices. So if one partner is saying, hey, I'd like to explore this sexually in the bedroom, then the other partner, if they are comfortable with that or if they've never done it or whatever it may be, they've got to express how they feel as well. And it's got to be received. The information from both people has to be received from, from each other, from the other side. And hopefully they can come to a, a middle ground on it. Otherwise, they're going to have to go to like some type of sex therapist, sex psychologist. I don't know. I, I would if everybody isn't as freaky in the bedroom. So the so assuming it's a freaky situation thing that has no freaky it could be freaky and or libidos because that's normally what it is like it's different libidos yeah yeah and that's very very common i think that you just 
you would hope that the person would receive the information well from both sides. And I think that you just have to come to a common ground on it. I think you have to treat that like you would treat any situation in a relationship where you don't see eye to eye on it. Because intimacy is such a big part of a relationship. And so you want to make sure that your partner's pleased and you're pleasing your partner. Would you not feel good enough if your partner, let's say it's not right, right? But your partner was like, yo, I want X. I love everything you're doing, but this is I'm 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 needing a bit more in this department, right? Oh, you would you like ever feel like, you know, I'm not I would absolutely yeah. feel like I was I would feel like I'm not satisfying you. But so how do you how does your male let's okay, let's male and female, right? How does your male partner ensure that he, you feel good enough, but he still gets his feelings across? I think that the the male we'll just say it's a male. I think that male partner yeah. would have to say to me to make me not feel a certain way of I I love having sex with you. I love being intimate with you. I love going there. But there are other things that we haven't done that I would love to explore sexually in this relationship. Now, me, I'm going to be like, so you been, this is what you did before in your last relationships? <laughs> or have you been watching porn or something? Or is this a, like, where, what gave you this idea? Where did this come from? I'm going to ask those type of questions. But no, but seriously, I think you just have to soften <laughs> The, the conversation, just be sensitive that they may feel a certain way or they may ask you those type of questions where it's like, well, why are you asking that? I think it's just, I enjoy this with you. I love doing this. I think you take baby steps, like take baby steps, move a little towards like half the time I feel like, Mike, you were mentioning before the pod, it's like, ah, you know, mentally I can't get there. Or it's like, how do you know you can't get there? Have you tried? No, like sometimes people automatically reject something, but they haven't tried it yet. So. In order to please your partner, maybe try something that isn't too aggressive or abrasive or, you know, something that you don't feel comfortable with. And then little by little, like I hate to relate it to adjustments, but when I adjust somebody, sometimes they don't like it initially. Right. Or and sometimes they don't like they're, they're like super scared about adjustments. Right. But once they get it, they're like, hey, you know what? That wasn't half bad. I kind of like a job. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it could be something very similar. They may say, oh, it wasn't that bad. It actually felt good. Like I get the sentiment a lot with the people that I just, but what if it's a hard no? Like, what if it's like, yeah. I will not go there no matter what. So let's go ahead to you right there. So your partner, Brian, let's say it's not Rachel, right? So your partner tells no. you, Hey, Brian, I want you to do this. And it's a hard no for you and your partner wants it. <laughs> well, um, I don't think it would necessarily be, <laughs> Look I don't think it would you. necessarily be on me then. <laughs> Because I'm not the one that wants that. I don't want it. But if the other person wants it, then it, if it's a big deal for that freaky person, they're going to have to weigh that versus everything else that I bring to the relationship and see the other qualities and see if they could get past that. But if the answer is a no, then they have to make a decision. It's like, are you going to leave me or not be with me because I don't do X? Then, yeah, that, that's what my would have see, to that's be. That's where it makes – I think that there's other options than – leave or stay and be miserable but then also i just feel like that those are conversations that have to be flushed out a lot more and pride has to be put to but the wait, side wait. i guess my, my question is like <clears throat> right there i think you mentioned like all or nothing right i mean they're definitely having sex they're definitely getting down and doing no, things what? but like what if it's like this extreme like it's like okay i'm not going to do all that but it's like you are no, satisfying yeah. See, each other making, in other ways 
you're adding what ifs to it. The way I asked the question was really respectful to all parties and very simple. It doesn't have to be freaky. Both of y'all mentioned freaky. It could be simply, yeah, we babe, I would like to have sex five times a week instead of mm. one time a week, right? It doesn't have to be okay. necessarily freaky because I also said sexual norms. What is the definition of norms? A normal? It's bullshit because it's all different. Everyone's normal is yeah. different. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be freaky. And so I think for someone that is not malleable, therefore pride has to be thrown to the side culture has to be thrown to the side religion has to be thrown to the side friendships and family whatever their influence is throw that to the side it's just about the two of you you two are the one that are on that kitchen table we could talk about this all all day but Rachel this is about you <laughs> enough of the hot takes it's so good to have you here on talking it out we we've been talking about this for over a year now I know we have Brian two of us and the team uh but it's been like a little over a year since you did bachelor yeah. happy hour and like, you know, the, the whole nation is happy to have you back. That's not true. What's been the biggest change? <laughs> that's not no, true. it is. It is true because what we say goes. <laughs> and that's this is your husband and your little brother podcast. And so what we say goes. Right. <laughs> and so what's been the biggest change in your life since you left? Happiness. <laughs> I'm just mm. kidding. I mean, yes, but I'm kidding. Mm. I actually there's no, certain there's it. certain <laughs> elements that I, there's a there's a weight lifted off my shoulders. There's a, there's a sense of freedom that I have that feels really good. I don't feel like, oh, I have to do this. Cause that, cause when I left bachelor happy hour and I said this on either the last or the second to last podcast I did, I went, I was listening to old podcasts and the way that I changed from the, from the start of that podcast in 2019, to the way I ended in 2021, I was a totally different person in the way I felt about Bachelor Nation. I felt like it had hmm. it had just beaten me down. And so to be able to leave it and there to be that freedom um, of, I don't feel like I have to do things with the franchise. I would just say that like, that's, that's honestly, it, it was the greatest feeling. So you and, don't miss it at least a little bit? No. I don't. I miss, I miss people, you know, like I miss podcasting with Becca. I really do. I miss that kind of stuff. I miss the sisterhood. I miss the camaraderie that I have with friendships with people behind the camera, behind the podcast. I mean, I still have those friendships, but you know what I mean? That weekly interaction that I would have, but I love that somebody's like, do you know this person from this season? And I'm like, I have no idea who that is and no offense to them. I'm sure they're great people, but I love that. I'm so detached that it's been great that I can put my energy and focus on the other things. Obviously I know who the leads are because I'm just probably never going to escape that, but I don't know the drama necessarily. I don't know the contestants and that feels nice when you're so embedded in that world. It just feels nice to have to escape, you know? And I I can vouch for that because I have, I'm usually talking about it because obviously, right. We're on talking it out, but, she has no idea what I'm talking about at the time. He'll be I'm talking about the show. I'm like, turn it down. Cut that shit <laughs> Shut off. Shut that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Babe, so we, like obviously you're destroying it on extra. You're on what seems yes. to be like every single red carpet nowadays. What have been some of your favorite red carpet moments oh, and why? Okay, I'm going to start with the most recent, and that's the Top Gun premiere, Top Gun Maverick. I underestimated, which I feel like I do a lot, and that's just to manage my expectations because I can admit that I don't handle things well when they don't go as expected. So I just always have very low expectations of things. And so I was just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, it's another movie. They waited a few years for this to come out. But man, when I got there, people kept telling me, you don't understand how Tom Cruise does it. You just don't, you, there's this Tom Cruise effect. And so I'm doing the junket where I'm meeting the cast members, but not Tom. And I'm seeing their excitement. And I'm feeling like I've known these people forever. And some of them I actually did know. Then I get to the premiere and you're on the USS Midway and it's like you're seeing all these fighter planes and then you're seeing, you know, the, the naval officers in their crisp white uniforms and there's a red carpet and there's a DJ. This does not happen on every red carpet. You've got MTV recording live, MTV International at the bottom. There's an audience there. I'm on a platform and I'm like, I mean, did I come to party or am I here for work? <laughs> Tom Cruise does it big. Tom Cruise, but it fly, he flies in on a helicopter. He flies the helicopter, lands it there, gets out to do his own premiere. It was just such an incredible experience. And they're not all like that, but that was truly a moment. And it really made me feel so grateful for what I get to do. Um, and just to see people on the start of their career. Like when this movie comes out, they're going to be superstars, household names. And that was pretty cool to be there at the beginning with some of them. Um, what else have I loved? I loved, I love doing the ones particularly probably that I that I watch like doing Rihanna uh Rihanna Fenty's uh the Amazon show doing that carpet I actually really got nervous to talk to Rihanna and I don't normally get nervous so that was pretty cool um Insecure because I watched that show was was a fun carpet to do there's just been so many it's hard it's hard to to think of all of them um I, I really feel grateful for what I get to do now, what you do is awesome. I have, I have two points to that. One being, do you prefer being a the one interviewed or the one that gets to interview people? The interview. Oh, I like being the interviewer. For sure. Okay. Why do you like being the interviewer? Because I'm a Taurus. I'm an Enneagram aide. I like <laughs> I like control. I like to be able to control the conversation and where it's going. But I love talking to people and I love engaging with them and I love asking questions like I when I was doing my book tour I was sick of me I was sick of myself like I don't like necessarily always talking about myself I love to learn about other people I love to experience them and I always learn something and it's just so much fun and I just love energy and vibes so to be the one asking the questions and meeting all of these people um it, it's that to me is what makes the job so much fun who I'm really glad that you said that because I find that so many people have said, oh, this person's full of themselves, this person's full of themselves, when truly they're just trying to promote what they have yeah. going on because this is technically our job versus working 
uh, as a law clerk or a, someone that's an accountant or someone that's a financial advisor per se. This is how we do our job. And so I really like that you said that. But then my follow-up was you said uh, when you were mentioning Top Gun and you know some of these people, they're about to be big stars now. Do you feel that in 2022 and beyond that we will have another type of Tom Ooh. Cruise A-list celebrity? Um, And I'll say that because there's so many mediums of entertainment. Right. So, no. And it's it's interesting that you say that because as I was on that red carpet, several people kept saying he's like the last one. He's the last one of his kind. And that as if there's nobody else to follow. And it's not that there aren't great actors and actresses. It's just the Tom Cruise effect, what he brings to a movie, the way he's so involved, the way that he's down to, like for Tom Cruise, he cre- I mean, for Top Gun, he created his own Top Gun boot camp. He made the guys take surveys about their training and their experience. It's like the level that he requires to be a part of his film, and he's doing it with you. He's not going to ask you to do something that he's not doing. So you understand why he has... MI7, MI8, you know, like you understand why there's so many. You understand the the magnitude of what he's doing that just like there. I, I don't know anybody else who's doing that or who wants to do it in that way. He's flying these planes. I kind of feel what you guys are saying. Like there's not going to be somebody that's larger than life. Like back in the day, right. the Cruz, the Schwarzenegger, the Stallones, where they were just like these huge action heroes and. Dare I say the Smiths? Yes, you hey, can say that. Day. <laughs> but you know what it is too? Our actors, celebrities are so accessible now because of social media. And yeah. so that's yes. the that's the change of it. Tom Cruise is almost the last one of that era where it's like, we don't really know what he's doing in his personal life. I literally asked him, what do you do on a day off? And he told me this, walk a red carpet. And he was serious because he's always working. He's not caught. So there's Damn. still an illusion. There's still a mystery behind who he is. Whereas with other celebrities, we know everything. We know what they eat, what their house looks like. That's cool. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, I actually, well, I'm curious who other people would fawn at this person, but then you were like totally composed, totally cool. Like if you were just talking to me on a weekday, like what, who was that person for you? Denzel. Denzel. Um, okay. Oprah, because she really? really makes you feel like, like your family. And I don't mean it like mm-hmm. I wasn't phased by these people. I just mean they brought a level of comfort to the conversation where it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm meeting this person. And they were talking to you. There were no airs about them. They were just having a conversation with you. Uh, talking about these these celebrities and the awesome job that you get to do. And uh, how do you feel, you know, about cancel culture in today's day and age? Yeah, I think that like most things in life, they get out of control, right? What might've started off with good intentions and people that definitely, I think you we would unilaterally agree that need to be canceled because of the vile things that they were doing in the dark and people were too afraid to be, bring to the light, needed to go, yes. you know? Yes. Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, I think we can all agree that those type of people- Epstein. Got, Epstein, gotta go. Okay. Um, but like most things, people take them uh, too far. And I think that I think, I think in ways cancel culture has gone too far. And it's, and it, when I say that, I mean, it's like, well, what's the line? 
And I don't think there is one. There is no line. The line is blurred. And so because there isn't one, we're seeing it spiral out of control. And it is scary because even here on this job, we're afraid to ask certain questions. We're afraid to, yeah. how are things going to be taken? We Thank goodness we tape our show because you just don't know how people are going to be offended by it. You have to be so careful. Like there was room for mistake before mistakes. Now there seems to be no room for error. And so I think that that's what makes it scary, especially what we do in entertainment, because where, do, where does it stop? So I, I think that we need to hold people accountable, but I don't think that we need to go to a place where we're just so quick to destroy people's lives. But sometimes yeah. it's called for. <laughs> for sure. Completely agree. Yeah. Uh, like we've spoken about in the past, I feel that it's council, mm-hmm. uh, council culture and not cancel culture, uh, except for those. There's always an outlier that just do something off the wall that got to be. Right, done. right, right, right. Uh, and then, like, and again, on the same thread or within the celebrity aspect and just uh, being in the public eye, you, in my eyes, are a wonderful representation of uh, excellence. Oh, of thank you. Black excellence of women and, and women in powerful positions and roles. And so I want to ask you, you know, shout out to Viola Davis. She became one of the top five, top 75 uh, actresses, actors of all time. And, or this century, I believe. When someone says representation matters, what does that mean mm. to you? So, you know, like everything, <laughs> things become overdone. And so there's always certain phrases that you hear once and you're like, wow. And then you hear it again, hear it again. And it becomes, uh, people become desensitized to it. it. It becomes normal to hear and they don't really understand the impact behind it. I'm so big on representation, period not just for my own journey, but because I know what it's like to be a young girl and to feel like you don't see a young black girl and to not see yourself represented in a certain way. Like black women have to be one way when they're on the television screen, one way on a music video, one way in in, in media period. So to see someone like a Kamala Harris, to see someone like Katanji Brown Jackson, be the first and to take on these roles. You can't underestimate what it is to see a young child who's sitting at home and sees that and says, oh, now I know I can. Not I believe or I dream I can, I see I can. You can't take that away from someone. And that goes beyond black. I'm using black as an example because that's that's me. So I'm speaking from personal experience, but to see yourself on a screen is everything. And I know we become, when we get older, maybe we lose that, but the impact and how impressionable that is for another generation who's watching. And as when we do what we do, we, we, we podcast, we're on television, you don't get to see who's on the other side of that, who's listening to that, who's watching that. Yeah. And those are people that look like us, or maybe they don't, but they're eager to see themselves represented. Um, I, I talk a little bit about this in my book, but you know when people ask you who's your role model i always say my dad was one of my first role models because 
as a young child, I saw my dad break down barriers and be a first in his own career. And it gave me hope and it encouraged me and inspired me that I could break down walls as well. Because at that age, I'm reading history books where I don't see myself represented unless it's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who's everybody's friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> and or, or Rosa Parks, but we didn't we didn't learn about us. We didn't study us. We didn't see that. So to have someone in my family who represented that meant everything to me so that's why it's like i know how impactful that can be that's why not to get on a whole soapbox that's why it's so troubling to see how there's an attack on our education system and how they're trying to undiversify i don't even know if that's a word um it's a word um, our 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 what, what history is and take that away from people and make it and you know take it back to how it was when we were in school it's so important that young kids not just believe and dream but see it really is shout out to the judge by the way you just talked about representation and just you know young women looking at you and seeing you on tv every day like what's the best advice that you would give those women that want to do what you do um be yourself I, I, it sounds so simple, but it just seems so hard sometimes for people to do. And I get it because I think we constantly live in a day and age where because so much, there's so much to consume and it's so accessible to us. It's so easy to compare and think, oh, I got to be just like that. Oh, she did that. So I got to look like that. I got to act like that. I got to be like that. But I didn't get to where I am by pretending to be somebody else. I got here because I was me. And I didn't back down from that. And I stood in that and I believed in that. And I had the confidence that I deserved certain things that were coming my way. And and, and I'm not taking away from the hard work as well. But okay. you see it a lot in Bachelor Nation, shade, where people try to pretend to be somebody <laughs> that they're not. You know, like, oh, I want to be like that bachelor. I want to be like that bachelorette. I want to be that contestant because that's going to get me on the beaches of paradise. That's going to get me the podcast. That's going to, you know, give me this brand deal. But Honestly, it's not it. The people who were trailblazers, whether it's in Bachelor Nation, whether it's in media, social media, whatever industry it may be in, are people who were true to themselves and had and, and, and worked hard at the same time. So I, I think the best advice I can give is you are unique. You have that to bring to the table. And so folk live in that space. Don't try to no. emulate people. That was extremely, uh, that was a really good answer of just be yourself, but in the regards to the, to the representation aspect, because I feel that when more ethnicities and more diverse people, uh, genders or whatever the case may be, uh, religious aspects, um, cultural aspects, I think the more we see of that in terms of representation, it eases the the bridge to be, be ourself and to obtain that confidence, mm -hmm. right? Because I know, for example, uh, I was with my one of my Asian homies this past two weeks ago, and we were talking about the first Asian football player in the NFL, right? And so he was just saying like, "Yo, this is really dope to see because when I was a kid, I never thought that I could be in the NFL. I thought I was just supposed to be good at yep. math, you know." And that's not someone could say, "Oh, someone could try to cancel me because I said that," but y'all know I'm not being derogatory, no way. Uh, that's these are his words, right? And so I do think that representation matters, and the reason you said, or the, what you said was. It allows us to be be ourselves, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and so in representation matters. You also mentioned it's not just black. Right. You said that because that's your experience. Right. And so I really like that you said that. Uh, but let's let's shift gears here. You mentioned your book. I'm going to shout you out. Uh, miss me with that. Right. 
Where you go? Where you go? Where you go? Where you go? <laughs> there you go. You see her on the cover right there, Missy. With that. <laughs> By the way, side note: is your favorite color purple? No. Okay, I just black. Flag. Okay, when I saw the book, I just saw that. Uh, but you describe Rachel in your book the process of writing it was intense, right? Overall, what was the best thing to come out of writing your book and getting your truth out? Oh man, um, writing a book. And shout out to my ghostwriter, because who's not a ghost? At this point, I'm shouting her out like like it's nothing. Sophia Quintero, I, I think it's just so important. One, to not to not make people think that I can do everything, because I can't. Mm. I, I would still be writing this book. It would take me years if I did not have help from Sophia. So I'm so grateful for her. Um, she pushed me in certain ways, and it, it was definitely a 50-50 process. But I'm, I'm so grateful. I, I could not have done that without her. But um, uh, the best thing I would say is well it you know what it helped me live my truth and things that i was so afraid to maybe share with family or friends um i was able to do that through writing so it was extremely therapeutic for me and it also helped me worked out work out certain things like you know i tackle social justice issues i i tackle realizations that I learned once I pulled my head, my head out of the clouds and I stepped away from Bachelor Nation. I, I deal with issues with racial identity. I deal with religion and sex. There were so many things that I was so afraid to tackle, or maybe I had mm. conversations with behind closed doors or, and definitely not with my parents that I was able to do through writing that was, it was so it was extremely healing for me. And the reason that I wanted to do a book of essays is because I didn't want it to be linear. I didn't want you just to say like, or I don't want to say like at age five, I did this. And then at 10 and at 15, I did this. I wanted people to be able to read an essay, put it down and then flip and go to something else. Or I wanted you to be able to take this essay and say, wow, you know, I might not have known how to talk to my daughter about sex and my mom did it this way. You know, like this is a really good essay to open up the conversation. Um, I, I feel like you didn't have to be a bachelor fan to really be able to enjoy the book. And I think that each essay stands alone. So that's it. But it was, but altogether it was very healing for me. In regards to your essays and in, in your book, Miss Me With That, what was some of the hardest to talk about with your parents? Sex, 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 oh. sex, sex was the hardest thing. Why was that? Because we do not in the Lindsay household talk about sex. I don't even really talk about that with my sisters. Um, wow. It's just, I, and I'm close with my parents and I can talk to them, I feel like, about anything. I would talk about my relationships, my boyfriends, the ups and downs. But when it came to intimacy, I we always just like skirted over that topic. And that you find out why, like why it's so hard for me, because I take it back to, there's a, an essay called The Miss Sex Education of Rachel Lindsay. And I start with how long my sexual education took for my parents. And it was under 60 seconds. And it was just an abstinence poster posted in my room that was then passed down. It's passed down from my older sister to me, to my younger sister. And so for me, that didn't invite conversation on sex it was kind of like mm -hmm. abstinence is the only way that's it and that's a message that was reiterated at school because I went to a private Christian school at church with my friend groups with all that and then family. what church you go to by the way? Concord well at the time yeah. Rising Star Missionary Baptist Church but once I became an right. adult I went to Concord it's, okay I know Concord. Mm -hmm. so that's that's where okay. and I still uh, watch the streaming faith but that is um is that's that was 
kind of like set the foundation of sex. And so to me, it just felt taboo. It was fine to talk about it as long as I was a virgin. But the moment that I lost my virginity, I didn't know who to talk to, who to turn to, because I knew my mom's story and I knew that she was, and I just didn't feel comfortable talking to my sisters. And so with it came a lot of shame that I put on myself, you know, like I've talked to my mom since. And for the first time at really at 36, when I started writing this book, I actually started having these conversations with my mom and my dad for the first time ever in life. And so I unpack my journey with sex and religion and how those two don't really go together if you grow up in a purity culture. And so I really felt like, and then I talk about what I learned and what I would do for my child. And so I really feel like that. And I've, I've, I've received a lot of feedback from other people who grew up in purity culture, who had very similar experiences and thanked me for speaking on it. You know, it wasn't an attack on church or religion. It was my experience and how I struggled with it and how I became lost in it simply because I couldn't have a conversation. Things that I learned as an adult that I couldn't even necessarily put in the book that would have been so helpful for me had I known that growing up, you know, what is one of those things that you I can't put it, I can't talk about it because I can't be telling okay. my family business, but okay. I just learned it. And I was like, wow, you know, if I had known that about so-and-so, that would have been nice to know, you know, it would have made me feel more comfortable. And so that I'm very proud of that essay. And because it has opened up a conversation in my family that we've never had before, all because of the book, all because that was very, how did those conversations go? Well, at Christmas, my family and Brian's family got together for Christmas. And so I was kind of talking about the book. It was already ready to go and it was coming out in January. There was nothing I could change. And so I kind of hinted that there are going to be some things to my parents that you're going to be uncomfortable with that we never talk about, like sex. And so then my parents started talking to me about things that they had assumed, but they never asked me. And I never, you know, led the conversation with that. So I was like, But I said, but I'm very proud of this essay. I don't want you guys to think that this is me telling my business. I'm doing it with the intention to help other people. Also, I think that you guys are amazing parents, but I think the way that we went about talking about sex was a little problematic. It didn't give me, I felt free and independent in every single area of my life, except for that. And, um, and so recently my mom has been reading it she's been like really busy there's a lot of going on and she recently read the chapter and so she (laughs) said to me i want to go on when i finish the book and like they're doing renovations at the house and stuff she's like i want to get all of you guys and go on a retreat and that literally came from and we have a group chat, like we talk all the time in the group chat, but she wants to have conversations that we've never had before. And is your dad in that group chat? Probably is, not. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is just the girls. This is just yeah. girls. There's a family right, group chat. He doesn't want to be in that chat. He doesn't want to be in that chat. Cool, cool. But cool, my cool. mom wants to have a, a like a, a like a getaway with the girls and ha- and yeah. like a dress that things we never talked about. Not even if my sisters will be open to it. Probably my, my older sister and I will, because we're married at this point, my younger sister, not so much, but that made me proud, you know? And I, and I, and she didn't take any offense to it. She wasn't like, she realized I wasn't saying what she did was, was wrong or she was a bad person. She did what was the way she was taught. She was taught Mm -hmm. one way she was being more open than her mother ever was, but didn't realize she needed to do more. 
So I'm really proud that we're going to do something that we've never really done before, all based on an essay from the book. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do you feel like That's she's beautiful. making up for lost time? And, and no. at the same time, like, how would, how would your interactions with your children be? Our children. Well, I don't think that... <laughs> say that loud and proud, Brian. Come on now. Say it again. Say it for people to Nuestros know. Nuestros hijos. I. <laughs> <laughs> you picked up I, on that, Mike. I, I, don't, I, I understood that. I can understand <laughs> the basics. I no, it didn't. Um, I don't think that she's making up for lost time by any means. I just think that we can. It's just opening a door that we've never opened before, and I think that that's what's beautiful. And as far as my children, I'm going to be. I mean, like I already wrote a whole essay for a bunch of strangers. To about, you know, the beginnings of my of sexual escapades, as you want to call them or learn. And so I will have no problem talking with it to my children about it. And I think that I will probably just because of my own experience, I will. I really I'll probably be annoying. I'll be like, so tell me. So, so are you are you feeling are you you know, are you you know, like what's what's going on? Like, I, I'm so going to be annoying. I already I'm going to be too much. I'm going to make them scared where they're not going to say anything and I'm just going to be so annoying. You but know, I, we're talking about that. I got to know, Brian, how how are you going to act? So if Rachel is going to be like the annoying all of in your business, you know, to, um, to y'all's children, how I'm are you going to be? I'm going to be their right? best friend. I'm going to be that good cop, right? Um, well, oh, so y'all playing good cop, bad cop. <laughs> I think it's just inevitable. No, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have to lay the discipline down if I need to. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just I think our personalities will just work no, themselves out with the kids. I'm going to be like I, the honestly, mom and honestly, mean girls. Condoms, on, anybody? Anybody? Honestly, <laughs> no, I'm not honestly I think like it always happens. I think you're going to try to we're going to try to be the cool parents. I'm sure she'll tell you she's always going to be the cool parent. I'm totally going to be the cool parent. But there's going to come a point where you're not as cool as you think you are. And, you know, we've got to use different tactics, potentially. Oh, with that. So in their (laughs) eyes, in their eyes, of course. In their eyes. Um, Rachel, this is specifically for you. But then, Brian, this ties into you as well, right? You are, in my eyes, you know, I, I tell you this offline. I'll tell you publicly as well. I think that you're amazing. Thank you. I truly do. The way I was moving out some bros. And I don't know why I started to say it in Spanish. Brian, you, you're you, you started, you're so I had to bro. say something else, right? You got you. But I th- in my eyes, you're amazing. And I want to know from a professional, like, as a professional woman who, like, your career is skyrocketing, right? Uh, you're married. Uh, you're on the later half of 30. And, like, when it comes to having children, how in your brain does that play out? It's like, damn, I'm, I'm like, I'm doing my thing. I'm skyrocketing right now. I want to continue to do this. I'm happy in my relationship with my marriage, mm-hmm. my husband, my happy with my career. And I want to continue to pursue so many different things, but I mm-hmm. want to have children as well. And this is where we differ for, as men and women. And this is why women are so dope because y'all literally carry life. Right. And so, but with carrying life, there, there's a period of time that you 
will miss out on certain things. I don't even want to use the word miss out. I want to say replace. I think that's mm-hmm. a better uh, terminology. You will replace some work things with life things. Like, how does that process work in your head? And for just, I'm asking you basically in saying this for all women in professional yeah. realm, but I'm speaking it's to you directly. It's not fair. It really isn't. Yeah, Because I, I agree. <laughs> we have to make a choice that the other side doesn't. And I mean, if you want children, right? Like not all women want children, but yeah. if you do want children mm-hmm. and you want a family or you're with, you have a partner that wants it, you have to, at some point, make a choice. And there is a fear of, will I lose what I started? Will I, will people want to hire me after that? And of course there's, there's legal in place where that's not supposed to happen, but let's be honest, you know, it does. And it's like, will people look at me a certain way? Will I have the flexibility that I have before? And it's a really scary thought. And, you know, I'm, I'm, dealing with that right now. You know, I'm strategically in my mind trying to plan out when could be the best time. And then you're taking your time doing that. And then you also realize that, hey, it might not be easy as you thought. You know, you can't be like, hey, yeah, July 2022, I yeah. want to make this happen. And then, you know, it's it can be a lot more difficult for you. I mean, very recently, and they've been outspoken about this, Astrid and Kevin, who are very good friends of ours, you know, they had to go through the IVF process to have children and it didn't happen as naturally or as easily as they thought that, that it was. It's something that, you know, as you get older as a woman, you think about all the time. And it's just, it's just so back to the first thing I said, it's just so unfair because like you want it. But then you feel selfish in certain ways because it's like, well, I also want this yeah. career, but then I also want to start a family. And I, I see a lot of women who are able to do both. So I don't want to make it seem like you can't you can't have both. It's just taking that step and actually making it happen. And there really is. And what I've also learned is talking to a lot of working moms is there is no right time. Stop trying to plan the perfect time. You just have to, you know, do it. Take those steps to do it. Are you taking yeah. that advice? Yeah. Okay, so when am I expecting a little, a little new Already, semester? already taking steps. That's all I'm going to say. The proper steps. Hey. You know, I agree with her. Hey, it's, I, I, it's, yeah. it's not easy. There's never a right time. But I think the word that should be used is adapting, right? It's like one of my favorite books is Who Moved My Cheese? Or I think it was. Great choice. Yeah, bro. it's like in life, you know, things change. You got to adapt. And like she said, I think. There's evidence out there of, of women successful like her that have done it as well. And, you know, that also ties in on me because I'm going to obviously have to step up my role. Right. You know, regardless of what I got doing, because I got my own <laughs> career as well. And I'm going to have to step up and help her, you know, pick up the slack. And that's 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 Are why. You ready for that? Yeah. It, at the same time, it's like even if I'm not ready. I, I just got to I just got to be ready. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll be ready when it happens. Like, that's that's the attitude you got to have. But let me like, tell you. That, like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you finished. No, no. It, it is what it is. Like, you just like, I don't think anybody's ever ready for it. They just do it. And, you know, baby after baby, maybe it gets easier. But, yeah, we're going to be. Baby. How many babies after babies are we having? Well, it was well, four. four. It was four. But we, we're, we're, we got to cut back now. OK, I'm 37. See, I'm 37. I always told her, I was like, let's have two and then let's see where you're well, at. She's already now, she's already turning at 37. But I'm telling you, all y'all don't think I'm going to be one of the people who I'm going to be like, give me one of those things where you just slap that baby on the back. 
I'm going to be doing interviews with that baby sitting on the back or on the front. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be moving because it it's like, to be working you know, like out, doing parents, squats with the baby in the back. Yeah, Our parents did it. Like my mom worked, Brian, your mom worked. Mike, yeah. I'm sure your mom worked too. Like they, they yes, did it. Definitely. They made it happen. So it's like, I know I can, it's just a matter of just like taking the steps to do it. It's, it's scary. It's scary when you get in, in that place. And yeah. So, uh, so if you if it's in a if you can ask God, hey, this is how many I want. We looking at three right now. It's good. That was my I'm number. I'm a middle child. Okay, I'm a middle child. There's nothing like them. So I would love to have three. You ain't you got that right? Ain't nothing like a middle child. <laughs> two, two, two minimal. <laughs> two minimal. <laughs> okay, two minimal. So keeping that thread alive of you know just being busy and so many things going on in y'all's lives. How is it like in an Abasola relationship of just keeping that flame alive for the two of you's relationship? Yeah. I mean, you want to answer? No, go ahead. I mean, it's work. It's work because Brian is like, is a sole practitioner starting his practice, like, like full time in it. He works long, long days and our schedules don't always meet up. You know, when I'm in busy season, busy, busy season, I work early in the morning and then late at night. And so sometimes you can be passing each other in the night or you're just so exhausted that you just go to sleep and you pass out. Like there are times I'm like, oh, Brian, I'm so exhausted. He's like, yeah, 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 me too. And it's like, all you can do is just eat and go and fall asleep watching TV. And recently I put up, um, I actually wrote about it um, because I have a, a Shout out. Thank you so much. I have a blog, Honestly, Rach. It's on Meta Bulletin. You can check it out. New articles post every week. And Brian and I went to his nephew's wedding. And one of the things that the pastor said, well, a priest, one of the things that the priest said was that don't forget to date each other. And it took me Mm -hmm. back to when Brian and I were in counseling and uh, Pastor Carter from Concord said to us, make sure that you've you date each other. And he said you should do, do it once a week. We definitely don't do that. Let me be very honest. But um, that reminded me when the priest said that, because I remember turn, I turned to Brian and I was like, remember when, remember when Pastor Carter said we have to remember to date? And I wrote about that. And I was like, that was a beautiful reminder of it's so easy to get caught up and to get complacent and to just do the same thing every day and have, you know, you have conversation, but you're not, as you said, you're not like, lighting the, the flame, the, you know, so there's the, the spark might not be there. So I ask people even on social, like give us suggestions of things to do, you know, like simple date nights. And so like this weekend we tried to go to the movie. Did you tell Mike? We tried to, no, we I didn't. Tried I did. To go it was an epic movie. fail. We, we literally we, ordered we, the tickets online. We're set to go. I pick movie theater here in, uh, was it Westwood? It's Westwood. Westwood, right? In Westwood, you know, we wanted to relax, kick back in the reclining chair, get some dinner. Like I wanted to, you know, give her the ultimate experience. And there was a plumbing issue in the theater. We literally drove oh. half hour, get to the gate, to the garage. And the security guard comes out and is like, yeah, the, the movie's closed. And the movie theater is closed because of a plumbing issue. So we were like, so we ended we up going back home sign. and watching. Yeah, we took it as a yeah, sign. Because I don't want to say this because I want to be consistent on on like what I said with higher learning. Brian and I were actually that was Saturday. It was this past Saturday, May fourteenth. Yeah. Not sure when this podcast will come out, and we were very hesitant. We didn't want to go. Um, that was the same day as the shooting in Buffalo, and I had told Brian. I like literally was about to express to him. 
I don't want to go to the movies. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe. And before I could say it, Brian said he didn't want to go. He didn't feel safe. And for hours, we we were just like, should we go? Should we not? We don't feel comfortable. Um, but just, just, we just didn't feel safe. And I think that's a reality that a lot of people feel in this country, not to get off subject, off topic, but we finally were like, okay, we're going to go. And then there was the plumbing issue. And we took that as a sign of like, maybe we shouldn't have even gone anyway. Maybe this is, so we yeah. never ended up going. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in listening to the signs around you for sure. Uh, I would say, Brian, can I give you a piece of single guy advice? Uh, talk to me, bro. Well, be careful, guy, okay? Don't it. be giving them too much single <laughs> advice. Got it. Big sis, I got you. I got you. So, Brian, right? In that situation, I would have parked a car somewhere, not near the movie theater, and I would have said, babe, we're going for a walk. Okay. And I would have walked her, Rachel, I would have walked her to somewhere that she likes to get a snack, her like her her craving snack. I would have walked her to that place and then sat down somewhere, sat down on the grass, sat down on the bench and just chop it up with her. So that's a very, very it's good idea. Beautiful. Very romantic idea. Now, I will tell you there were options put out on the table. <laughs> I said, I, I was like, home. well, see, I, bro, I, I, I said, don't ask her. I didn't say I ask like, her. I said, bro, I said, well, how, bro, just I said, take her. Just tell, tell her. her. Just yes. take her. Okay. Sometimes you got to go. In his defense, he did. He was like, you want to go to one of the restaurants around here? I was like, no, I want to go home. <laughs> she did want to go home. She was like, I was like, that's, that. a sign. that's a sign. Like, go Let's go home. go home. We can have She's like, like we'll a watch Netflix. Night. Yeah. That's it. Home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question I have to I have to ask about the two of you. because uh, I look up to you guys, right? Uh, I genuinely want what y'all have. Um, what's one thing that you two as a couple, as the Abasolos, would people would be surprised about? I mean, I don't know if this is surprising, but this is a this is a quality that is a game changer for a lot of a lot of men. We sit down and watch like first take sports center all the time together. Yeah, we do. First thing and, in the like, morning we, we actually turn on first discuss take. sports. Like I don't know how Ooh. many how many how many men or women out there actually do that together when they're married, but that's yeah, I feel like that's that's the ultimate right there. Like, and she and she could give it back too. It's not like you know she's gonna have an bro, opinion. That's like but cherry on top. To have an opinion Rachel on sports, cherry he on top does. He turns on first take and like I mean, like and she doesn't change the channel. Like, that's 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 key. Literally the other day <laughs> we were talking. I was like, channel. did you just hear what Patrick Beverly just said? Like I go, I, I was about go to ask you that. What are your thoughts? Brian, I'm like, did you just? He was like, that's why I turned it on. He's like, that's why I turned it on. Do you have Do you have a response to like what is something that people wouldn't know about the two of you as a couple? <gasps> I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm like Brian's Ra- Rachel. Crazy, Rachel is married to a chiropractor and she doesn't get adjusted. No, people know that. People know that. <laughs> what? I didn't know yeah, that. I'm, see, there you yeah, go. Yeah, when Brian was talking about people taking baby steps, and it's like, oh, see, you tried it. It wasn't that bad. He's you talking to me. Talking He's hundred percent talking to me. I just can't stand <laughs> the popping noise. I can't get past it. So no, yeah. We need to start a petition, Mike. Get Rachel to get adjusted. Just put some uh, some yeah, headphones on. Yeah, there's no right. adjustment. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because the what I, the reason I keep getting stumped is because I don't want to use the word boring because I I'm never that. I only think boring people get uh get bored, but bored isn't it. I was just gonna say like we are so like simple. I feel like in what we do, I'm a lot, but at home I feel like we're very 
you know, we're watching the game. Like the other he day, we were me. at the pool. Oh my like gosh, you were in the yeah. Pool. I was, he was laying I was out. getting some sun. I was drinking. Copper was out there. Yeah, so I think it's like we live in... She said he was laying out. <laughs> <drinking. laughs> Brian's working out. I'm over here I'm drinking. <laughs> well, you were just talking about Brian's body. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but I think people would be surprised <laughs> to see, like, there's... It's and I really think this is a, a, um, attributed to our parents and our upbringing. So like it's just very normal, you know. But lately, I've had more time on on my hands. So Brian comes home. I surprise, surprise, guys, to a home cooked meal. I mean, these last <laughs> damn damn good too. These last damn good. couple of weeks, I'm like, you know what? I've got some extra time on my hands. I'm gonna cook, and I find a little joy knowing that Brian's gonna walk through the door. And there, and like I've cooked that's because I don't do it all the time and I'm never going to do it all the time. But when I do do it, there's that element of surprise in the relationship. So I think people would be shocked to see how like I love the element of surprise. simple we are at home. Yeah. How normal. I like that. I like that. Um, and Rachel, before we let you go, we couldn't let you leave without getting your thoughts uh-uh. on a little tea. That's me going around. When is there not right? tea going on? <laughs> what are your thoughts on what Blake Horseman said when he was asked for, you know, his advice on people that may go to Bachelor in Paradise? Uh, he had mentioned to be careful of the official Bachelor podcast hosts uh, if they are down there. So basically, all the podcast hosts for Bachelor Nation that are single or myself and Natasha mentioned be careful of the official, you know, us podcast hosts. How do you feel about that? Well... I'm going to split the baby on this one, which might shock you guys. Okay. Now, no, on one ask. hand, let's be honest. Doesn't Blake have a podcast? So he's got a <laughs> podcast to promote. Okay. So Blake knows that by saying something related to Bachelor Nation, he's going to get a rise out of people. And I would say that Blake has kind of replaced some people who aren't really a part of Bachelor Nation anymore as the one to say something spicy, right? People people are kind of like giving Blake this title of, oh, Blake's Blake keeps it real. Blake's going to tell you Blake's out of contract. Blake's going to get, you know, we, we believe what Blake has to say. But let's also be honest, <laughs> Blake, it, it, it's just funny to me. And I like Blake. I don't have an issue with him, but it's interesting to me because just a couple of years ago, you were all in this thing. Now you're like all anti this thing. And I was one of the people who had Blake's back because he, I definitely believe he was, uh, people were unfair to him and he was definitely going through his mental health struggles. But I find it interesting now that mm-hmm. as much as you went through and what you endured with Bachelor Nation, please don't comment on it. And, and, and the reason you are commenting on it is because you have a podcast that you have to promote. You want people, you want to establish yourself as the person who's anti-production and you want to establish your, yourself as the person who keeps it real and people are going to come to you because you're going to say what other people are too afraid to say because you're not under okay. production. Okay, so if Blake was here right now, what he would say is, well, Rachel, they gave Natasha a rose. I gave her a production They did. Rose. This is what I mean about splitting the baby. So I mean, let's be honest. Doesn't Polly work for the show? Polly himself walked out and gave Natasha a rose. <laughs> Do I think she deserved to be there and get a rose? Absolutely. Do I think that... Do I think I mean, that she was screwed that's over? That's what I'm saying. Like more than anybody has ever been screwed she, over. I, I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. No, yeah, so. she deserved it, and it was, and we saw her mistreated in a way that 
as long as I've been watching the show, I've never seen before. So I understood why she got a second chance. Was it a production rose? Of course. Yeah. Did production make that decision? Absolutely. I think that's obvious. That's nothing profound, Blake, that you said. Did they do that, though, because she has an official Bachelor I do podcast. think that it benefits the podcast for you guys to do well on these shows. Again, I don't think what... So you're saying I should No, I don't want to see you back on Paradise, <laughs> but I think that it does. It will do nothing but promote your podcast if you do go. And, and, and to use the words of Blake, use them. like they use you but I just more so mean like I don't think that what Blake said was that wild or that profound obviously more screen time you get is better for whatever you're doing especially if it's related if your podcast is related to the show and you go on the show of course it's going to be better for you so yeah if you go on it's it's good for you in this podcast if Natasha went back it's good for her on the podcast and no I don't think that you're going to be painted in a bad light but it's not because you're a production because you work for, um, it's not even ABC that you're, you're not even ABC employees, but with this podcast, but it's not because you have a podcast, you're going to get a good edit because you're fucking good people. Okay. You and Natasha are going to get good edits because you're good people and product like that. There's no edit. You're like, y'all, you just aren't bad people. They can't, they're not, they're not having to try really hard to make you guys look a certain way. So I think that in true Bachelor Nation fashion, people have acted like something so deep and profound was said. Mm-hmm. And to me, it wasn't that big of a deal. I almost wish Natasha had not responded because then it just gives people a, an opportunity because Blake has, now that he is not affiliated with the franchise in this this world, he is dubbed the guy who is not afraid to speak against the show. Natasha has a podcast. Even if it was me, they'd be like, well, at the end of the day, Rachel worked. Rachel works for Bachelor Happy Hour. So how much can we trust? But I disagree with that, though. And I I disagree with you there because one of the I believe, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. Our very first podcast episode on Talking It Out, I literally you asked me about how I felt about being The Bachelor. And I spoke very candidly about the bullshit. And so that's why I disagree with that, because I speak candidly and say whatever the hell is on my mind. I think you do. I truly do. And I think I did as well when I had a podcast. But I do think that um, his point is is right about you. You are benef- your podcast benefits by you being on the show. So they're not going to want you. They're not going to want you to look with. bad, my, but it's not because you're going to be bad. That, that's just, also if, if I was Chris Bukowski and I had a bar. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off. If I was Chris Bukowski and I had a bar, if I'm on Paradise, whatever I have going on is beneficial. But like if I have a book coming next month and I go into paradise and then the show's out, of course, my but book But I will think benefit. what Blake was trying to say is, is that if you guys do something bad, we're never going to see it. And if you guys, I think that is and what if you guys say, yes. are mistreated, like if someone dates you, beware if, if like that person who works for the podcast feels a certain way about you, you're going to be the bad one, not them. And my argument to that is, you and Natasha are great people, so that's not even going to be a situation. And let's not act like that was Natasha's situation, which is where I do understand why she got sensitive. That right. wasn't her Natasha, uh, her situation with with Brendan. Brendan was just a really shitty person. <laughs> yes, and what I mean, what do you th- what do you feel about what she said? Because I mean, wasn't she saying that if people were supporting Blake, then essentially they were supporting the toxic behavior? of people on the beach, which we all know who that was. And that was Brendan. I mean, what, like, how do you feel about 
what her answer was when it came to that. Well, or her response to Blake. This is bachelor nation. So a white man is always going to get preferential treatment in a, in in the argument over the black woman. Sorry, because I saw I I did see that people were um, coming. A lot of at, people were team Blake. Yeah, and we're saying, oh, Natasha was bitchy and and this and this because girl, that's yeah. just always going to be how things go in this world. And I think that people. This is why I feel like I didn't want Natasha to speak on it because it's like she's already spoke at great length about the Brendan situation. And I think we all can agree that he was in the wrong with that. So she didn't really have to address Blake. And all it does is give Blake certain attention that he wants because, again, he's got a podcast to promote and he don't have a TV show to be on to do that. And you can be at Stagecoach and, 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 and he's definitely doing his thing, you know, DJing, but that's not necessarily going to translate to podcast listeners the same way saying something about Bachelor Nation will. Um, but I, I definitely think people are coming at Natasha in an unfair way. And I do understand why she can say, I do understand her, her, her logic behind it, that if you're agreeing with Blake, then you're, it seems like you're saying that Brendan wasn't all that wrong in what he did. To be succinct, you're saying you feel that uh, what Blake said, has validity, yes. Natasha or I from the Bachelor Nation podcast, if we do something stupid, that we will get favor. Uh, but also, you're saying that he is a white guy when it comes to this versus that. He is going to yeah, that. yeah. People are always going to okay. to give okay. him cre- credence over um, Natasha. I got you. Uh, I appreciate you. I thank you so much for you being yourself. Me. I appreciate you. Uh, for missing you with all that BS and keeping <laughs> Miss her with that. who you are. Yes. Yeah, no, guys, thanks yes, for yes, having yes. me. It was a long time coming. You know, they said, do you want to co- come back for a Bachelor Nation podcast? I said, there's only one. There's only one <laughs> that I'm going to come back to. Shout out to everybody else doing their thing. But, you know, yeah, shout out to our you know, I just this is this is more home family for ties me. on this. One. Yeah, this is more home <laughs> for me than any of the other podcasts. But thank you guys so much for um, for having me on. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, thank you. And before we let you go, you know, you got to drop a gym. What you got for us? Oh, my gosh. What do I have? You know. In light of what has recently happened in Buffalo, it is so on my mind. I was I was actually up late last night writing about it because I just needed to express my feelings. And it's like I've thought about it. I've talked about it on higher learning and I feel like I need to write about it. And I'm, I'm so outraged and angered that it is becoming we are so desensitized with mass murders and killings in this country and that America is becoming synonymous with that. And I think that you can look at the, that you can look at what Peyton is his name, killing those 10 people and wounding three. I think you can look at that tragedy and see so many things that are wrong in this world, media, social media, gun violence, racism, hatred, uh, politics, just so many misinformation. There's just so many things that were wrong with that situation that led 
that man who I don't believe was suffering from mental illness to go strategically and methodically murder those people because of the color of their skin. And I see so many people say, I'm so sad and I'm so heartbroken. And that's great. But but how are you going to act on it? What's next? We can't, it can't just be every single time I put up a post that I'm sad and I'm heartbroken. No, I need you to be outraged. That sadness needs to outrage you. You need to feel anger. You need to think that could have been my friend, family member, coworker in that grocery store who went to go pick up groceries for dinner, pick up ingredients for a birthday cake for their grandson, visiting in town for their sister, went to go pick up something to eat, just doing something on a normal day that could have been them that was gunned down simply because of who they are and how they were born. You're so outraged that you're going to change the way you think, you act, you vote, what you watch, what you what you follow on social media so that we can bring an end to this or some type of awareness and some type of action where we are putting pressure on the people in power to do something. It's got to stop. This isn't red versus blue. This isn't Republican versus Democrat. This is just humanity. And at this point, people don't even feel safe to walk around in this country. So don't be heartbroken. Don't be sad. Be take action, take action, do something, do something, educate yourself, inform yourself so you can do something, because I'm telling you, this is not an isolated event. It has happened before. It is not just happened to black people. And if we don't change things, it's going to happen again. It's only a matter of time. Mm. Well said, said. Very true. I appreciate you <laughs> for being here. I got so much to say on that, but that's going lit- to literally get me into a whole nother episode because we've ran quite long so far. Uh, I agree with you to take action, though. Thanks for having me. I hope that was a gem I dropped. <laughs> yeah, it was it was heavy, but it's it's reality. It's the truth about what we're going through. And it's a sad situation. But, you know, just thank you for being you and, you know, being a. a a patron for for the fight against you know gun violence and racism and everything that's happening out there and you know i i'm proud of you and i i want to follow your lead so you know whatever whatever needs to be done you know i'm with you brian what is your uh your gym of the day uh well it's not obviously it's not as heavy as that sorry babe no it's all good it is It, it needed to be said and you know for everyone out there you know, for more talk like that, listen to Higher Learning. Little shout out, <laughs> yeah, to Higher true. Learning with you and Van. Gotta love them. Um, but for me, it's actually <coughs> y'all should have us on there. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I heard you. Oh, okay. I, okay. I, I was like, wait, who said that? Um, I hear you. <laughs> I got a. It was just. It's this post on Instagram. It actually uh, could help a relationship out there. You know, I know. You know, maybe. Babe, I was actually thinking, hey, maybe this could work for us, too. You know what I mean? I think this could help a lot of people. So quote goes, some years back, my wife and I got into the habit of asking each other, quote, do you want comfort or solutions when the other was having a bad time? That one sentence can save us from an argument nine out of ten times. So Hmm. it's how you communicate and just maybe asking yourself that question because she keeps it real. You know that, right? So sometimes it's like, maybe I don't want, I, I want to be comforted. Do you want me to put on my wife hat? 
<laughs> or do you want me to put on my business hat? That's like the that's the comfort solution. More more or less. That's yes, the same a, thing, right? Yes. That's fair. That's, and that's then he'll tell me what he wants. And I'm like, all right, I know exactly how I need to be. I, I like that. I like that, Rachel. Uh, my gym, my gym. I, and Rachel, you don't know this, but I never have prepared a gym. I just always truly try to listen to our guests and, and derive a gym from what they said. And something that you said earlier today really stuck with me and hit me. Uh, when you were discussing your book, discussing your book, miss me with that. And it hit me because in my book as well, it opened up needed conversations mm-hmm. with family. And you mentioned that with your book as well. And so just to our audience out there, we love y'all. Definitely love y'all. Uh, maybe you don't necessarily, you don't have to put out a book, but just write out how you feel mm-hmm. and had that conversation with your parents. Uh, I think that like Brene Brown says, and I love to quote Brene Brown, especially right here. She says, vulnerability builds bridges. And it sounds like from your book, Rachel, miss me with that in my book, Making a Love You Want, we were able to build bridges and, and stronger ties with mm-hmm. our loved ones. And so that's just my mm-hmm. gym for today. So thank They're you. You're going on a girl's retreat now. Yeah, girl's trip. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but Rachel, Lindsay, Abasolo, thank you so much for being here on Thank talking you so here. much hey, for having me, Make sure guys. you guys check out Appreciate her book. Am I, am I, are you Miss- cooking dinner tonight or no? Okay. <laughs> you want me to put on my white I'm hat? messing with Why you. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Brian, your wife is awesome, bro. I love uh, the, how open she is, uh, how intelligent she is, and how much she just doesn't care what other people think about what she says, good or bad. I know that that must be an amazing thing to have yeah, in your wife. She's, a, she's an amazing woman. I mean, she surprises me every single day with how much strength she has and you know, her convictions and her morals and everything she fights for on a daily basis. And I mean, she inspires me. She inspires me to to be a better man. And I'm just lucky to have her for real. I'm, I'm, I can honestly say I'm inspired by both, the two of you. So I appreciate definitely. you, man. And with that being said, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode with my lovely wife. So for everybody out there, thank you for tuning into today's episode. And you know, we always love to hear your opinions, your stories, even when you talk crap about us, we want to hear it. Uh, so make sure that you don't forget to like, comment, follow, message us on social at Talking Out BN. That's B as in Bachelor in the Nation on IG. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and listen to us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And babe, don't DM me no more until you hit that subscribe. We love y'all.